Hey everybody, on today's episode of Still To Be Determined, we're going to talk about being a day late and a dollar short. As usual, <laughs> I'm Sean Farrell. I'm a writer of some sci-fi, I'm a writer of some stuff for kids, and I'm just all around curious about tech. And with me, of course, is my brother Matt, who is the tech guy. So, lucky me. When I have questions about tech, I call my helpline, which is also known as Matt's personal line. <laughs> Matt, how you doing? I'm pretty good. How about you? Pretty good. As you know, of course, Matt, we are going to be talking about your most recent video. This is, is this solid state battery breakthrough too late? Which is a interesting question about this in particular, but it's an interesting question in the bigger picture. The bigger picture being what happens to those tech developments that are interesting breakthroughs, but are just a little bit behind the curve. And mm -hmm. so I, I, I'm interested in that side of the discussion. Mm -hmm. Before we get into today's episode, though, I wanted to share a thought from a previous episode. This one came from Driller Dev. This is based on last week's conversation where we talked about other things, including recycling of styrofoam, recycling of plastics, and a more organic version of plastic based on seaweed. And Driller Dev had this to say, regarding styrofoam, darkling beetle larvae can devour it rather quickly thanks to some bacteria in their digestive system. <laughs> and apparently they decompose it so well that you can't find microplastics in them, which wow. could make them safe for livestock feed, chickens, for example. Imagine turning nugget packaging into real chicken. So thank you for that, Driller Dev. That's very interesting. And I was That's going to suggest, Matt, maybe a video in the future looking into organic ways to deconstruct styrofoam. So I like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I had not heard that before. That's awesome. So yeah. And kind of gross. Yeah. It's, it's, but it's really, <laughs> it's, I mean, stuff like that I think is amazing when you have a thing that we make, which that we then stand around and say, this does not exist in nature. This does not naturally occur. We don't ever have that. Well, a storm swept through and there was a lightning strike and it left behind all this styrofoam. As we know, that's how mm -hmm. it's made. Like, no, this is like a thing where a bunch of guys were riding bicycles. They all collided and the chemicals they happen to be carrying. You got your peanut butter in my chocolate. You got your chocolate in my peanut butter. Suddenly we have styrofoam. <laughs> and then nature shows up and it's just like, oh yeah, we can handle that. I love yeah, those discoveries <laughs> when it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, there's this beetle larvae. And you know what that beetle larvae can do? It can eat styrofoam. Does it enjoy yeah. it? <sighs> Who's to say? <laughs> Maybe. Who are we to judge what those poor little larvae actually want to be eating? Or are they just sitting there like, well, it's a living. It's here. Yeah. <laughs> so as the title would suggest, we're talking about breakthroughs in solid state batteries. And Matt poses the question, is it just a little bit behind the curve? Has the tech moved on to other things and left this development in a, would you put it in an also ran category or how would you frame it? I would, I don't know if I'd say it's an also ran. It's just one of those the benefits have to really significantly outweigh what you can do today for it to really kind of take off. And it's like, there's this other technologies and things that are happening that are eating away at that solid state advantage to the point where it's like, is it really that much better? And it's so much more expensive and this is good enough and close enough to that, that we could probably just do that. Right. So it's, I don't know if it's an ulcer ran, but it is kind of a, 
almost also ran. Right. I guess that would be the way I put it. It strikes me in as like being if you ran? if you were going to go along the route of like a satirical version of of this, it would be like if in the early 1900s somebody had developed a slightly larger horse and yeah. was saying, and now this horse can pull even more on your wagon. And meanwhile, yeah. there's Model T driving down the road and exactly. everybody's watching the Model T drive down the road and looking at this horse and the horse is looking at them and everybody feels very awkward. It feels a little bit like that. <laughs> Including the horse. Including the horse, <laughs> that poor horse. <laughs> So in the vein of this conversation, there were a lot of comments like this one from the 8-bit guy who wrote, considering my first EV was a Nissan Leaf back in 2011, and it only went 85 miles on a charge. And these days, Tesla's low-end battery gets 267 miles per charge, probably at a fraction of the cost of the early Nissan batteries. I'd say we have already arrived with the technology to achieve mass adoption. And while that's no reason to stop research and advancement, I think people need to stop waiting for the magic battery that may or may not happen and jump on the bandwagon now. And I'm wondering, do you see this new tech? Let's say it is able to start being mass produced. It does, you know, the, the numbers drop. Do you see production of this being in the same vein as say, I go to a store looking at a cell phone and I see my Apple phones and I see the Android phones, but then I see those from other producers, which are maybe a little cheaper. They cut a couple of corners or they don't use the most recent tech that the main, you know, frontier phones use. Do you see this kind of technology being the tech that might fill that gap for a slightly more affordable version of the electric no. car? Or do you think it just no. doesn't meet the need? It's too expensive. It's too expensive right now. And by the way, the 8-Bit guy, great YouTube channel. If you, I, I had a chance to meet him at Fully Charged Live. Really interesting guy um, and great channel. It, it's not that it's going to fill a cheaper need. It's that it's, it's high end. So it's like I could see some top tier Android phone coming to the market, some $2,000 phone that, hey, we got a solid state battery in here. That's where it's going to realistically start to show up in consumer electronics. And then what we have today would trickle down to the cheap little phones you're talking okay. about that's how it would work and to me that's where i kind of come back to the premise of my video which was but is it too late is that yeah does it make sense because it's like the the technologies that are available today are really really good and as, as he points out they're really good it's like we have cars with 300 miles of range on it which is more than enough for the vast majority of us and so it's we're kind of already there and the kind of what I was raising in the video is it's not just that we're already kind of here. It's that there's other technologies coming that are going to make that a 500 mile car, or it will be a battery that will take up a third or less space and weight as the batteries today and give you the same exact range. And that's the sales pitch of solid state is that it'll take up half the space of your car and gave you same amount of range. It's like, but it's also crazy expensive, right? And here we have companies that are finding alternatives to kind of chip away at those benefits. So it, it really does come down to, I don't, there's not going to be a magical, magical scenario where solid state's going to suddenly be the cheaper option. It's not going to happen. It's, it's just not, it's just the, it, the advancements that are happening in other technologies are driving those costs down as, so as solid state comes down, everything else is coming down too. So it's, will solid state ever just suddenly leapfrog and become cheaper? I don't see that happening. Mm. I just, 
just don't see that happening. So it's it's going to take a long time for it to trickle down. Could it conceivably happen as a result of something along the lines of the materials required for manufacturing? Does solid state have an advantage there that it might be like a more plentiful uh, component it's, it's, that it's, that would actually undermine that if somebody somewhere is just like we're now mining this material or producing this material really efficiently so the price of the materials goes down and then does the solid state go down with it do you see that it's as a lot potential? of this no it's a lot of the same materials going into solid states it's just different chemistries and different right. ways you do it so it's it's not that that would be the advantage the advantage is is that you would need less materials to get the same exact result so if you want a car that goes 300 miles in th theoretical land with the best solid state battery, you would need half as many of those materials to achieve that goal. Right. So that's where it becomes quote cheaper. But the problem is, is that there's, there's these other technologies that are maybe use a third less materials, but they're already far cheaper than solid state is or can be even in that scenario. So it's, it's just one of those, it's, um, it's an uphill battle. I think solid state has where if you had asked people or myself like five years ago, what do you think? It's like, oh, solid state's gonna be the future. Mm -hmm. Today, I'm kind of like, I don't know about that anymore because there's so many options hitting the market that are, are chipping away at the benefits mm -hmm. of solid state. So for cost-wise, there are other ways you can go and get the same exact benefits. And that's the biggest problem I see for solid state. I think that there's a comment here from Breakfast Burrito, which <laughs> I like one of those. Is <laughs> A wonderful way to right intro now. this comment, but <laughs> Burrito points out something that might be an advantage in solid states camp that I'd like to hear your thoughts on. Burrito writes, I've worked on solid state batteries for an automotive OEM. The amount of work that went into testing and providing solid state batteries for mass production has been immense. The fact that we have major OEMs publicly announcing strategies for adoption within two years shows how far along they are. It can't really be compared to new developments just coming out of labs as they are at least a decade away from being implemented in EVs. So the yeah. timing issue is a part of this too. Is simply enough of the snowball rolling downhill that it still hits the market in a way that is measurable and maybe it doesn't sustain itself as the primary choice five, 10 years from now. Maybe one of those new techs does replace it. But maybe we do still see them on the market because oh, they're going to hit the market. It's yeah, it's been rolling downhill for so long. I mean, there's there's car companies that are putting all of their eggs in the solid state basket. So there are definitely going to be solid state batteries that will be in EVs. They're going to be coming to consumer electronics. So when I say it's too late, it's not that there won't be any. There are definitely they're going to definitely be part of the, the the mix. But if you had asked people five years ago, it looked like oh, solid state will just be kind of be permeate most things. And where I'm at now, it's like, no, it's not. It's going to have its use cases, but it's not going to be this holy grail of battery technology that's going to just kind of be 80% of the market or something crazy. It's going to be smaller than that. Mm -hmm. He's right. But the problem is if you look at the companies that are coming out in the next two to three years, the amount of batteries they're going to be producing <laughs> is like this. Like it's the amount of batteries that Tesla produces in a month is going to dwarf what they'll produce in a year. So fast forward five years, they'll be producing a lot more in five years. They'll be producing a lot more in 10 years from now. So it's going to be, there's going to be a ramp up period for them. And that's where I'm making the argument of there's other paths that are already being followed today. It's not just stuff in the lab. 
I would point to Tesla today. They have their 4680 cell. They have new chemistries they're putting into place. They're starting to put silicon into their batteries. They have their structural battery packs they're putting into the cars. There's all these things do, that they're doing, not just from a chemistry level, but from an engineering perspective of how they're constructing the cars mm -hmm. that is driving the cost of their battery packs down through the floor. So it's like in three years, their cost of their battery packs is going to be really small compared to what it is today. And they're continuing to drive that cost down. Mm -hmm. So what's the sales pitch for solid state? Oh yeah, they're going to be on the market in two to three years, but they're still going to be crazy more expensive than what Tesla is doing today. That's the kind of the, the point he's making of the stuff that's in the lab is lagging behind solid state. Yes. But there's already stuff on the market today that's ahead of where solid state's going to be in two to three years. It's like, Everybody's kind of chasing, <laughs> kind of running in unison. And it's not like one of these things is standing still. Right. They're all advancing together. It's the same thing for, um, this is a bad analogy, but Betamax versus VHS. Right. Betamax, beta became the de facto standard for like, for uh, TV stations. Right. But for home use, Betamax versus VHS, Betamax was the better technology, better sound, better quality, better everything. But it was more expensive. VHS was good enough. And it just dominated the consumer space because it was cheaper. It was good enough. People didn't care. The difference is most people couldn't tell. That's kind of where I'm looking at it as like, okay, solid state may be technically better and it may be coming on the market in a few years in a small scale, but it's not going to be dramatically better than these other technologies that are already here. Other engineering things you can do to try to drive costs down. It's, it's going to have, I think a a longer time to try to gain traction than people originally expected. I think we're kind of, I think there's kind of a, an, a people need to open their eyes and realize, oh, it's not going to be the, the, the big <laughs> holy grail that we were all hoping for. Mm. It's, 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 it's going to be a, just another option on the, on the market, but it's not going to be the dominant player in the way people th were expecting. There was also this comment from Aaron Thomas, which I think touches on what you've just been saying, and it raises an interesting question for me. Aaron writes, the battery breakthrough news has me jaded. I'll believe it once it's on the market. So solid state is still amazing since it's starting to hit the market. And I'm wondering how much of this is driven, and you mentioned VHS, Betamax, how much of this is driven simply by public perception? Solid state as an idea has been something that has been pushed for longer. Do you think that it simply mm -hmm. has more of the public's understanding from a marketing perspective for them to slap a label on something that says now with solid state battery and the public kind of understands what that means that, oh yeah, this is the thing we've been waiting for. Do you think there's an advantage there? I don't. Part of the reason for that is I would say if you asked 90% of people on the street, they're going to be like, I don't know. I don't care aren't they all the same? <laughs> it's like, I think that's the vast majority for people that like me and people that watch my videos, we're like this two, 3% of the market. So it's like, we actually understand and we know, and we're like, Ooh, solid state. It's like, that's a very small percentage. So there's, I would put good money on the fact that consumer interest is not going to drive this at all. None. Nobody gives a crap. All they care about is how far can my car go? How much does that home battery last? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, that's all they, how much is it going to cost me? That's the only thing people will care about. Right. So slapping graphene or solid state or anything on the label, nobody's going to give a crap. It's, it's, it's all comes down to what does it give me? Like, what, how long does it last? How much does it cost? How far can I drive? Right. That's the only thing that's going to matter.
And finally, I wanted to share this last comment from Adam Little. It's a, it's a divergence from the main part of this conversation, but I thought it was an interesting question. Adam writes, one factor I'd like to learn more about for all of these upcoming technologies is recyclability. If a solid state battery can have its component materials separated relatively easily at the end of its life, that relatively low charge cycle number becomes less of an issue. But if they end up being even more difficult and costly to recycle at the end of more conventional batteries, then that adds to the rejection of them as a technology. Any thoughts about that? Is there any indicator here that solid state batteries will have an advantage at the end of their life to say like, oh yeah, here's a thing that we can actually reclaim fairly easily compared to these other techs? Or do the other techs have more of an advantage? I would say... (laughs) With all the technologies available today and what solid states bring to the table, there's not going to be a lick of difference with battery recycling in a significant way at all. So there's not an advantage there. Where I think there's going to become an advantage in time is that there are battery technologies coming that are going to be based on like, you know, different you know, sodium, you know what I mean? Like right. something or sulfur abundant, or, and, yeah. right. Things that are, things that are more abundant and easier to get. That's where I think there's going to be batteries that could become compostable almost that right. that's where the advantage will come in a decade or two. But as far today, the one thing I would want to bring up about battery recycling is we can actually recycle today virtually the entire battery, like the batteries of a Tesla, the batteries of pretty much anything. There's companies like Lifecycle and American Manganese. I've actually had the opportunity to tour some of these recycling plants. They can recapture like an incredible amount of the materials. You're talking about like 90 plus percent, 95 percent, in some cases, 98 percent of the battery materials to make new batteries. So it's like this is already happening today. Mm. So I don't think there's going to be an advantage to solid states recyclability over what we have already. All of that leads me to the final conclusion, which was there were several commenters around this that I thought captured the issue pretty well for me, which was at the end of the day, if this work towards solid state has largely been research almost for research's sake, as opposed to Mm -hmm. having a product that goes on the market, a good number of commenters were still saying that's still worth the time and money that goes into it. And the question being, does that research end up in the IP of a company that puts it in a cabinet and just locks it away? Or does it become something that somebody in the future builds on and then we make a tremendous leap forward that's unexpected now but in 50 60 years something happens where solid state suddenly becomes a thing that people didn't expect it to be so i think that that is a very interesting place to land on and as usual i wanted to thank everybody who posted comments on matt's videos as you can tell from this video in particular they really do drive the conversation and I'm always impressed going into the comments and seeing the myriad of discussions. And most of them are conducted very, very politely, even differing yes. opinions. I'm very impressed by the the viewers uh, ability to say, like, I think you're wrong and here's why, but I'm not going to make it a personal attack. So that's debate the ideas, debate the not ideas, the not the people. So listeners, I'm curious, where do you land on this? Do you see this as a technology that you're like, I can't wait for this to come out. I think it's going to be a a powerhouse in the industry. Or do you think 
This is something like, I'm glad people researched this. I'm glad there were these breakthroughs, but I don't think it's necessarily going to be the driving force in tech moving forward. Let us know in the comments. And of course, as usual, we appreciate your listening or watching us on YouTube. Both of those do support the show. You can also take another step forward by reviewing us on Apple, Google, Spotify, all those places. If you leave a review, that helps us. And if you'd like to more directly support us, you can go to stilltbd.fm and you can click the become a supporter button. When you click that button, you're allowed to throw coins at our heads and we're not allowed to complain about it. So we appreciate each and every dent on our skulls. You can also click the join button on YouTube and become a member there. The coins hurt just as much and we appreciate them equally. <laughs> All of that really does help support the show. Thank you so much for listening or watching. And we'll talk to you next time.